Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. When I got the opportunity to uh, to take the job um, and I took it on the Friday as they were playing Coventry City on the Friday night um, you can't turn jobs like that down and I thought I'd earned my stripes to be fair you know I'd had five years at all City with one promotion and uh, managing the championship for four there. Went to Oxford managing the championship for nearly five there. So ten years champ- managing the championship, you know. So um, a lot of people obviously thought at the time, you know, that I probably wasn't big enough name to, to go in there, but um, I, I didn't feel that way. So I set out to enjoy it as much as I could, you know, and then um, I think I won them round eventually with the football that I played and really enjoyed my time there. I was going to ask, how did it feel to hear uh, fans asking things like Brian who? It was, it, it was only, a, it's, a, it's a minority, isn't it? You know, it's generally a minority. Um, Brian Hill, when I'd played there and I'd managed there, so I, I, I took that with a pinch of salt and I think that's the, that's how the press perceived it, really. But um, you got you have to believe in your own ability, and I did. And, and you know, by the time I left, I think people had realised that I had brought some good players in, I had played some good football, and that uh, it was two years of... Uh, of enjoyment on my part, I just set out to enjoy it, and I knew I knew Man City uh, fans loved attacking football with the two wide players, and that's what I did in, in bringing Peter B, Peter Beagrey and uh, Nicky Summerby in, bringing Uwe Rosler in, Paul Walsh in. So mainly they were they were strikers that I brought in, you know, which which the club needed. Niall Niall Quinn had had a uh, an awful knee injury, you know, with his cruciate ligament. Um, I sold David White and Mike Sharon. So I, I, I pull those players in. Uwe, Uwe was a revelation for three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. I mean, he was just incredible. And you know, after I'd left, and or whilst I was there, as it happens, to to hear them singing his name and the way they did, and and all the fans love Walshy. The players love Walshy because he was good in the dressing room. Uh, but he was also also an outstanding footballer. He uh, he scored goals. He worked hard. He was good in the dressing room. And so were they all. Nicky played his part by being probably the, the least. Uh, offensive of the of the four because he he did his duties coming back to make the three with Gary Flickcroft and Steve Lomas, uh, Peter Bigger out and out winger again, fantastic ability, fantastic footballer, uh, and fantastic person again, good in the dressing room. So we had a good spirit about us, you know. And I thought towards the end um, when I, I realised it was coming, knew it was probably coming. That I thought two or three players we could have been a really outstanding side because had the likes of. Tony Coulton and Keith Curl and, and people like that uh, that I inherited, Gary Flickcroft, Steve Lomas. I mean, Steve was, that was the first thing I ever had to do. I don't know many people knew about the this story that one of the first phone calls I got was from Preston North End, ironically, about uh, doing a swap for Steve Lomas and one of their players and I was paying 100 grand. And I said, can I get this right, that I'm giving you 100 grand and Steve Lomas one of your players? So I turned that down, obviously, and then Steve got in the side and uh, him and Gary Flickcroft were tremendous together. What was it like to, to, to kind of turn City round? 
I love proving people wrong. I mean, I always did that. I did it as a player because I got a free transfer uh, from Warsaw as a kid. You know, the manager at the time said I'd never make it, so that was my that was my first things to do to prove out that I was going to be a a good player. And uh, I played at the top level for for Luton and for Brighton. So um, you know, I earned my stripes in, in that way. And then, obviously, when you're uh, when you when you're taking over a, a club the size of, of Manchester City, you want to prove that you can do it. And that's what I've always tried to do in my career, in my life. Well, I was going to say you mentioned the attacking football before. Um, do you draw any comparisons between the way your City side played and the way City have started under Mancini this season? Um, I played with two wingers. I mean, I know, I know at the moment he's, he's gone with almost like four-two-four, but he has played it like three-four-three-three, and uh, which managers do. And he's got an attacking side. I wish I could have had twenty-five million pound for a couple of strikers and <laughs> whatever. But good luck to him, you know. No. I, I, I saw them play West Brom. I love going. The club, the club look after me fantastically well. The fans, I never have a problem with the fans, which is good. And, and, and that's most of my clubs as well as. Uh, you know, I've been in management 20-odd years now. and It's a long, long time. And you can't win them all, but um, Manchester City was the pinnacle of my football, manage, managerial career. And uh, I loved every minute of it, you know. So that's what he set out to do. He set out to put your name on it, and I think I put my name on it. So many people come up to me. You've just said it before, you, before, you know, that um, they thought it was an unfair sacking. They thought I might have had a bit more time. They love my football. They love my attacking football. They love the players that I've just mentioned. And um, it was just a shame that we couldn't have maybe had at least one more year to have a go at it, you know, um, to see if we could win something or be better than we were. Of the players that you brought in, did you ever think that any of them were a gamble? Do you think, like, like uh, snapping up Uwe Rosler, like you mentioned, um, on, uh, do you think that, that was a gamble for you, or did you know what you were getting? Um, it, it, was, um, it was a lucky one, really, because an agent just rang me to see what I wanted, and Niall had just had, his, had a cruciate uh, knee operation. So we were short of strikers, and, uh, and I said, yeah, I'm looking for a striker. He said, I've got an East German uh, international. Uh, never heard of Uwe Rosler. I speak to him almost every week now. He's manager of Brentford, and um, he uh, he said you can have him on trial. So uh, we got him on trial, uh, put him in the reserve game on the Tuesday night. He scored. I got him off at half time, and I put him in the team at QPR on the Saturday. And he made the goal, I think, if I'm right for Walshy. So um, he proved that to be a very very good player. Every transfer is a gamble, and every millions you spend is a gamble because some come off some don't come off so for 350 grand it wasn't much of a gamble wasn't it, it wasn't like 35 million you know that you're gambling but he was a fantastic they were they, they, they were those those players that they had at the time that they, they they had a um a great team spirit about them you know and uh, I, I like that i like characters i don't i don't want people to be subservient and you know listen, listen and do everything you tell them to do you want you want players with a spark and a and a bit of um, communication and, 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 and devilment about them at times, you know, and, and, and those players certainly did. TC was a great character, Curly, Captain was a character, Niall was a great character around the dressing room. They were, they were brilliant to work with. Now your second season in charge, uh, again started very brightly, but then uh, it kind of dwindled towards the end of the season and finished just above the relegation zone. Uh, you well, you say that. Now, it wasn't just above the relegation zone. We, we were never in relegation trouble. So I, I, don't want to, I don't want to hear that word, really, because we weren't. I think had we, won, had we beat QPR on the last Saturday and we lost 1-0 to a poor goal, 
I think we'd have finished above halfway. As it happens, I think we dropped to 18, so it wasn't a relegation. It was, just, it was just... It yeah. looked poor it looked in the like, end. Yeah. It looked poor in the end, and we'd been better than that, because I think at Christmas we were six in the league, and um, obviously with the chairman that was in, uh, he knew I was going, so he wouldn't give me any more money to buy, buy players. So with the injuries, a couple of injuries I had, Tony Coton got injured. Um, so it was almost inevitable, really, that the, the season would, dwell, uh, would, would fall away. And that hurt me more than anything, because I didn't want to leave Man City that way, because we were better than that. I was going to say, how did it feel knowing that that, that, that was kind of coming? Uh, I kept it to myself. I kept it away from staff. I kept it away players, from players. We had some great performances still at the end of the season, the Blackburn away 3-2. That was towards the end. That was a great... We nearly stopped Blackburn winning the league. And some of our fans didn't want us to do that because they didn't want Man United to win the league. So, although our fans celebrated that night, I've still got it on tape, or disc, whatever you call them, and... Uh, DVD and the Tottenham game John Watson the Tottenham game and everybody every, I wish I had a pound for every supporter uh, of Manchester City that said I remember that game against Tottenham 5-2 they had Petrescu Dumitrescu Nicky Barmby Sheringham what a side they had um, Klinsman what a side we beat them 5-2 um, my side that day was, was absolutely awesome John, John Watson said to me it's one of the best games he's ever ever commentated on now that takes some saying that takes some doing and it could have been 10-8 to us. It could have been it could have been anything. But it was a great game of football. And as long as you win, and I think I, I think I got that off David Pleat more than some of my other managers. That no matter what you won by, as long as you won, and it was entertaining and 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 it was a joy to watch. Then it didn't matter. So. Um, some games you come off and you've drawn nil-nil or won one-nil and it's not been a great game. You haven't really, really enjoyed it yourself because you are meant to enjoy football. And I know the City fans now are enjoying watching, watching Man City play at this present time and, and, I, and I'm delighted, you know. So uh, that's what I set out to do and, and I think I achieved it. So kind of you score five, we'll score six attitude. Absolutely. And the players had at that time uh, were, were scoring lots of goals. It would be Everton 4 nil. There's games you could, re- you know, that, that I can look back on that thought tremendous games of football, which I knew the Man City fans wanted. Now, when Francis Lee was in, was the chairman. Do you think that uh, the reason to sack you was more the decision that he wanted his own man in? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's uh, spot on. At, at the Christmas, I think we were sixth in the league. Um, Around that time, and I think we were in the quarter-final of the Coca-Cola Cup. I think it was Coca-Cola, whatever, and we lost at, uh, we lost at Crystal Palace to, to Wimbledon, wasn't it, I think? And uh, Stevie Lomas broke his leg that day. It was, a, it was a game where it was probably the worst draw we could get in a game that we fancied winning, to be fair, and everything went wrong on that day. And then, so we went out of that. We'd beaten Newcastle away in the, in the, in the early round, and everybody thought it was going to be our year. Um, but it wasn't so... You can sense it. You, you, you know. I mean, I've been in football long enough to know when things like that are going to happen, and and, and chairman won't give you any more money to buy players. Then you know it's uh, it's inevitable. What do you think of of what's happened to City since then? I mean, because it's been it was a sudden fall, and then all of a sudden a, a, a equally sudden rise. Yeah, well, they got relegated the year after, and they went down again, didn't they? Um, I saw the game that that eventually made them. Or part of the, of, the, of the bounce back where they they beat Gillingham. I was commentating off on the game, and uh, that was the game that turned the history around, really. Because I think had, had they not won that, and another year in in the old no, it wasn't the old third division, it was Division Two, or, uh, sorry, Division One. Um, then who knows? But luckily, it turned around because 
the fans are absolutely fantastic. They, they, they love the football, they love attacking football, they get behind you, they, they, they're wonderful to work for. And as I say, I, I love going back, I'll still do one or two things for them, you know, around the um, supporters' clubs, and um, I've got nothing but praise for them.